Welcome to Talos Takes, the quick take podcast where our researchers break down this week's hot topic in cybersecurity for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. Uh, It seems ridiculous to say work from home edition at this point because we are going on nearly a full calendar year of us working from outside of the office. So uh, and probably not until the summer will I be back. Uh, But anyways, as always, I have uh, Nick Biasini on. Thanks for coming on, Nick. Thanks for having me, John. So um, I wanted to have Nick on because we haven't had a chance to talk about solar winds yet, which is obviously like the biggest story in security going right now. And we didn't really get a chance to talk about it before our holiday break. Um, so first, we're going to broadly kind of cover supply chain attacks, because I think a lot of folks are just being introduced to this type of um, attack at this point because of solar winds. So Nick, can you just kind of start out by giving us an, an overview of what we are talking about when we say a supply chain attack? What does that mean exactly? And so really to understand a supply chain attack, you just need to understand what a supply chain is. So the idea here is in the process of creating something, a product, whether that's software, hardware, a widget, whatever it is, there's components, there's a supply chain, right? You start with of raw materials or, you know, individuals or people, you then are developing a product, there's shipping involved, there's a lot of components. A supply chain attack is attacking that process. Uh, but there are a lot of different varieties. Um, we mentioned solar winds because it's the most recent. Uh, it is a an example of a software supply chain, but it is not the first software s- supply chain and definitely not the first supply chain attack. Uh, if you're talking about the other types of supply chain attacks, There are hardware-based supply chain attacks, which are not common and are not widely done because they're very easy to detect. Additionally, there are things like interdiction attacks. These are the things that have been happening for decades uh, that have primarily been associated with nation states. Uh, If you're interested in that, go look up something that was recently declassified called the Gunman Project, which involves some typewriters in the late 70s, early 80s, the U.S. government in Russia. It's a super fascinating story. I highly recommend you check it out. And then there's also supply chain where you're using the access. Uh, examples of, of attacks that may have leveraged that were things like uh, the target breach from years and years and years ago, where they were leveraging an HVAC system and an HVAC contractor. So that is effectively a type of supply chain attack. But going back to software supply chain, uh, that is what is most concerning to us. It is the most difficult to detect, and it is one that has the most potential for widespread impact. Uh, What they're effectively doing is manipulating the software, legitimate software, to add additional functionality that is malicious. Uh, Most of this is basic reconnaissance. So it's just, I'm installed on a system, what type of system am I installed on? Is this an interesting system that I wanna deliver something additional to? And that's basically how a supply chain attack works. So for uh, when we're talking about defense of these types of attacks, is there anything uh, you, you know unique to these in terms of prevention and detection? Obviously, as always, there's the same advice that we would give about patching um, and endpoint protection and all that sort of stuff. Um, is, but is there anything unique to these types of attacks? Uh, this is actually kind of a tough one. Uh, there are specific things that you can do, but a lot of it is going to rely on things like heuristic detection on the endpoint, um, doing things like like making sure that you have proper mitigations and packs. So you may not be able to stop this type of incident from happening, 
beforehand, but one of the most important things associated with this is that you have the fundamentals in place to help mitigate how bad the impact can be. So it is bad enough that you get compromised by a supply chain impact or attack, but if when they get inside, they find that there's very little segmentation, that there's not proper access control, that you're, you don't have systems patched, you don't even understand your asset inventory, those types of things are going to make it much, much more difficult to identify and remove the adversary from your network. So it's difficult to detect in the front end, but making sure you have the fundamentals in place is going to be absolutely paramount. So then let's get into the specifics of SolarWinds, since that's the whole basis of us having this conversation. Um, you know, is there anything particularly unique about SolarWinds in their techniques or anything like that? Um, and obviously, it, you know, it made big headlines. Uh, so kind of why is this standing out? So one of the biggest reasons it's standing out is because of the victimology. Uh, this was a, an attack that affected a... Uh, government organizations, very, very large corporations, it had a very, very wide-ranging impact. Uh, That is one of the biggest reasons that it has that level of attention. Uh, The other things that they did definitely take time and effort to develop this uh, campaign and attack. The fact that the, the command and control behavior was modeled after the packet structure of the SolarWinds communication shows you the level to which the adversary was going. Uh, that, that is another one of the reasons why this is so important is it is a, a large tool that is commonly used that had a very, very wide ranging impact that was extremely difficult to detect and they did a lot to obfuscate their intentions. So we've done a lot of, of work around solar winds uh, and all of the associated attacks with it. So if you want to know more about this, I encourage everyone to go to the Talos blog, where from back in December, we have several blog posts going over the initial FireEye uh, breach and the associated snort coverage for that, which is kind of what got the um, news coverage of all of this going, obviously. The FireEye uh, disclosure was kind of what got all of this rolling. Uh, And then we also have a blog post looking at the wider SolarWinds uh, actions and discussing uh, coverage that we have, protections that you can put in place, and all of these Cisco Secure products that will have you covered for this. So we encourage everyone to check that out. And then Joe Marshall also recently uh, co-authored a blog on the Cisco Newsroom uh, covering the SolarWinds attack as well, basically going over what we know so far and what we still don't know. So if you're looking to find out more about all of this, I encourage everyone to to check that out. Uh, is there anything else that I missed, Nick? Any good resources that you want to point people toward? Uh, so there is actually one final point I want to make. Uh, solar winds and supply chain attacks are super important for mature security organizations. If you are not a mature security organization, if you have troubles with basics like patching, and asset management and network access and things like that, supply chain is not where you should be spending your resources. It is reserved for those that already have a mature security operation. Otherwise, you're just spending resources on something that is way, way outside of your purview. All right. Well, those are all excellent points, Nick. And uh, as always, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a great topic. All right, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Talos Takes. Please tune in next week where we will cover something else that's top of mind for us.